Well, it's time to take things up a notch, as we should for the Asian game, considering the Asian Cup is in full swing in a massive way. The Socceroos are through to the quarterfinals, where they'll take on either Saudi Arabia or South Korea, and there are plenty of talking points to hone in on. So Simon Hill, the regular host, is over there in Qatar, and Paul Williams is on the line as well, the Asian game expert. Hello to both of you, alongside, of course, the co-host in Alex Brosk. Good to see you, Garvey. Everyone else? How are you, guys? Let's, go, let's start with you, Simon, because you're on the ground uh, over there. We've all seen how the Socceroos are faring. Um, it's certainly not convincing at the moment, but it is clinical. I mean, undefeated, only the one goal conceded and through to the quarterfinals where things will go up a notch. It's a blockbuster that awaits against Saudi or South Korea. How well positioned are the Socceroos in your mind to take what will be a big scout? Well, they put building blocks in place. Uh, they're not considering goals. And obviously, when that's the case, then they're not going to lose. But uh, I do think they will need to take it up a level against either Saudi Arabia or South Korea, the results of which we'll find out, of course, uh, later on today. Um, they have been tested only sporadically, in my opinion, uh, at this Asian Cup. Probably only Uzbekistan has asked you know some proper searing questions defensively um and it's you know the, the criticism i think in part is valid that they've looked stodgy uh in in attack uh, and perhaps devoid of a little spark uh, it may well be that they will lift against better opposition you know they're, they're not exactly 100 percent used to playing against teams that sit deep and, and defend as a block um, we know that at the moment Australia is probably devoid of uh, that very special creative play. That's no disrespect to the current squad. You know, they're good at what they do, but, uh, you know, we're missing a, an Aaron Moy, a Tommy Rogic, uh, a Massimo Luongo, even an Aidan Hustic who, you know, might have fulfilled that role. Um, personally, I would like to see maybe Marco Tilio get a chance to, to show what he can do. I think he's the one player in the squad that's, got that little bit of extra uh, inventiveness, if that's the right word. But that's the call for the coach. Uh, so overall, I, I would say, you know, six and a half to seven out of ten. And that's not being disrespectful for, you know, for the rest of, of the ten. It's just that I think we'd all like to see a little bit more because we know that bigger tests are ahead. But anyway, that bigger test is uh, is upon us. So we'll find out. To be honest, I'm agreeing with Simon. I think... Um... The criticism has been fair. I think we've been very good pretty much since the World Cup in, in the style of play that Arnie has um, has used in terms of, you know, keeping that, that block being hard to break down and then and then counter-attacking well. I mean, this is a completely different style that, that we're having to, um, to, to adjust to, which, you know, given the friendlies that we had, there weren't too many opportunities where, where we were able to do that in games where we were in complete control and expected to try and, find ways to open up and, and, and create, open up the opposition, create opportunities. And I feel like we're, we're definitely struggling in that area. I mean, it's, um, have we done enough to get through? Absolutely. Is it enough to go on and beat either a Saudi Arabia or South Korea in the next round, the way we're playing and, and with the amount of chances that we're creating? Definitely not. So I think, um, look, it probably does suit us, like Simon said, that we, you know, we will have to step it up given the quality of, of opposition coming up now, but I think we have the ability to do so. I think in, in games where teams are going to throw more at us, it, it's more evenly matched, I do still think we have the quality. And 
and agree. Arnie spoke as well, leaning into the tournament. You know, in games like we've seen that it, we've we've got a lot of players with one on one quality, but you know, outside of probably Boyle for me, Geordie Boss. Uh, I know he's been played up there in the last couple of games, but I'd like to see him more in his preferred position, which is left back. I feel like from there he can add, you know, in, in, in overlapping, he can give us an extra element going forward. And if you've got a Tilio already there or a, or a Silvera in that attacking wing position, you've now got two very good attacking quality players that can, that can you know, get to the byline and cut back and, and give us what we've needed previously. But, Moving forward for the next game in the quarterfinal, um, look, I guess it's whether Goodwin comes back in, Mitch Duke comes back in, um, but still, we need more creativity or we'll struggle. Yeah, Goodwin did well off the bench. I was going to pause in a moment just to find out a bit more about Saudi and South Korea and the likely opponent. But just before we do that, um, Simon, I agree with you, Broski. I, I don't know why Jordy Boss hasn't been looked at it left back to link up potentially with Craig Goodwin on the on the left flank, but he's obviously preferring, as is Beige, the experienced customer at the moment. They seem to be taking umbrage with the criticism, Shim. So that's one of the big talking points to emerge this week. So Graham Arnold's alluded to it in his post-match press conferences. Matt Ryan, uh, to quote, said today as well, uh, there seems to be a lot of outside noise. Uh, football isn't easy and... We're getting the job done, and that's a skill set within itself. He acknowledges they need to take things up a level, as does Graham Arnold. But the concern is, from a fan's point of view, is this going to galvanise the team like it did in the lead-up to the World Cup and at the World Cup, or will it be a distraction? Right now, we're not too sure. It seems to be bothering them a little bit, the, the criticism of the team. Well, I'm utterly baffled that a bunch of players who play in some of the big leagues of Europe are surprised that when you play a major tournament, people pass comment and opinion. And not always is it going to be flattering. That's just football at the top level. Uh, if you can't handle that, then you really shouldn't be playing at that level. Um, we bemoan in Australia the lack of media coverage. We struggle to get back page headlines. Uh, we have virtually no one in the mainstream written press who writes regular opinion pieces. <clears throat> this radio show is probably one of the few outlets in the mainstream that covers the game in any sort of depth. So I can only assume that really the complaints are about social media, which is the fans. And if you're going to start taking umbrage with the fans' opinions, then you know, you're essentially saying that they have no right to those opinions. Well, that's a very dangerous territory. Uh, of course, they don't have to agree with the criticism. That's completely fair. Um, but to say it's, uh, you know, too much or unwarranted or I, I think speaks to, in, in part, the the siege mentality that perhaps Graham Arnold has imprinted upon this group. And if it works, then great. You know, they will shut all the criticism up. But to complain about people having opinions on football, I, I find extraordinary to be honest uh, particularly in a landscape as I say where we have so few people that have any sort of platform to have those opinions um, so you know maybe it's it's a way of galvanizing the team I, I don't know but I, I find it all rather strange it's the national team of course people are going to ha have opinions uh, you know be they complimentary or critical 
Yeah, um, I'm going to get your thoughts on that in a moment, Broski, because you've obviously worked with Graham Arnold a fair bit. But we, we need to hone in on our next opponent. So Saudi Arabia or South Korea, Paul Williams, I'm going to bring you in now. It's, the nation will be watching out for this in a very big way to see who we play in the early hours of, of Saturday morning. The tournament so far, the lead into this game, who is the favourite? Who do you think best suits Australia as an opponent? Before I get into that, I just want to touch on on what Simon said before about the the criticism of the the Socceroos as well. The expectations have risen on the back of of the World Cup, and it's the performances that they've produced that have raised the expectations. It is this playing squad essentially that has raised the expectations of the fans, as Simon said, on social media. I think it's only right that the fans have greater expectations now, given what they have produced. And if they aren't meeting those expectations, those lofty standards that the players themselves have set, then I think it's only fair that they do come in for criticism. Um, In terms of this game between Saudi Arabia and South Korea, this is, for me, a real toss of a coin because neither are in particularly good form. Um, Saudi Arabia, we know, had that historic win against Argentina at the World Cup going back 14 months. But since then, their form has has really nosedived a little bit and they've been really patchy in this tournament as well. And, of course, we know the troubles that South Korea have had, the two-all draw against Jordan, the three-all draw against Malaysia that nobody saw coming and if you're shipping five goals against Malaysia and Jordan, then that raises serious question marks about their capabilities to to go deep into this tournament as well. Um, in terms of who Australia would rather play, just personally speaking, I think you, it's, it's tough because if you come up against Saudi Arabia, you're not just playing against 11 on the pitch. You know that you're going to have 40,000 in the stands as well that are going to create a hostile atmosphere. So that presents its own challenges. South Korea have massive defensive issues. Uh, on one side, that's good for Australia because we know that they're a team that will concede goals. But they also have probably on paper the best talent of any team at this tournament in Son Hoong Min, Lee Kang In. Hwang Chan hasn't played, but I think he's getting back to some kind of fitness as well. And, and Kim Min Jae at the back, they have an incredible talent base if they're not necessarily being coached the right way under Jurgen Klinsmann, and that's a separate discussion. So I think there's there's plus, pluses and minuses whichever way this match goes, and it's a match that I can't necessarily pick at this point either. Broski, in regards to Arnie, and he'll be preparing for that opponent, we know it's going to be difficult either way, as, uh, as Paul has outlined. How does he deal? You've been in a dressing room with him. So how does he deal when the critics are coming for him and, and for his team? And, and I can also understand why they take umbrage a little bit because Australia is undefeated. Um, they've had an equal best performance in the group stage of the competition. They got past Indonesia 4-0. But fans are worried that the performances haven't been at a high enough level to get past a, a Saudi or South Korea. We'll find that out in the early hours of Saturday morning. How does he deal with this away from the cameras when he's in that dressing room with the squad from your experience? Look, Arnie's always uh, very calm and what he gives off to the media is, is completely different to, you know, behind closed doors and, and inside the change room. Now, uh, listening to what Simon said there, I'm of the opinion that he is leaning more towards using that and, you know, he's, he's great at, you know, getting his squads to have that siege mentality and, and you know, no one expects us to do anything. And, you know, what Paul touched on about the expectation is the reality is, 
everyone does expect the, the squad to go on and win or, or go close to winning it because of how well they did at the World Cup and how well they've been playing since. So it's a strange one. We, we, he's helped build that by using the whole siege mentality initially. Now we expect them to win and we're criticising and he's going full circle back to, you know, no one thinks we can do it again or, or we're, you know, no one thinks we're good enough, we're, pl- we're not playing. So I, for me, I feel like that's the approach he's taking, that he's just trying to get... He, as much as he says he doesn't read into it, he doesn't believe it, for me, the fact that he's mentioning it out loud, the players would probably see that more than a lot of the things that are being said. So they're seeing their coach and Arnie talk about what people are saying back home. I feel like he's using that to create that bubble, um, you know, within within the change room there that, you know, back home, this is what they're saying. They think we can't do it. Let's go out and prove them wrong. And Arnie's always been you know, gotten the best out of his sides, I believe, when when that's the case. Lovely insight from Alex Bross, former Sydney FC player and soccer as well, along with several other clubs. Plenty more coming up on the global game. We're focusing in on the Asian game ahead of Australia's highly anticipated quarterfinal against either Saudi Arabia and South Korea. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the global game on the SEN Network. Simon Hill's on the line from Qatar. Paul Williams, our Asian game expert, is with Alex Broska, myself, Daniel Garb as well. So, Simon, let's look at some of the positives. We focused on some of the concerns for the Socceroos. Defensively, they do look strong. And I guess Harry Sutar, as he was at the World Cup, has been the linchpin of the defence. It looked like it took him a game or so to get up to speed because he's not playing uh, a lot at Leicester. But, geez, he looks to be, without being tested by world-class opponents just yet, which he will be perhaps in the quarterfinal, he looks to be back to his best now. Uh, yeah, to an extent. Um, to be honest, he has made one or two little mistakes at this uh, Asian Cup defensively, uh, but fortunately they haven't been punished. Um, and there was one early on uh, in the round of 16 game against uh, Indonesia that, that they got away with. That, that could be punished by you know better opponents. But yeah, I mean, really, he's the automatic pick at the heart of defence. It's, it's more of a case of who's going to play alongside him. Is it going to be Kai Rolls, who's been preferred in the last couple of games? Uh, or is it Cameron uh, Burgess if the opposition is, you know, a bit more physical as they were against Syria, which is why he was chosen for that game? Um, but no, you know, Harry's been a great acquisition. Of course, he provides such a threat at set pieces at the other end. We know that. Uh, I'm sure you've read the stat that he's now got as, as many international goals as, as Mark Baduka, which <laughs> is extraordinary. And probably half as many internationals as well, which which is odd. Um, so he's he's very much worth his his place in the team, and uh, I, I think he's a leader as well. Um, and I reckon if you're the opposition, you know your, your first defensive uh, tactical briefing from your coach ahead of playing Australia is right. Don't give away set pieces. Don't give away free kicks or corners because you know what threat is coming from Harry. And if it's not him, you know he's he's taking two or three defenders with him uh, as as the ball's played into somebody else. Paul, in this quarterfinal, I guess one of the concerns from supporters is that Australia hasn't been able to unlock teams who have played the low block against the Socceroos. So we expect Saudi or or South Korea to come out a little bit more and and we'll hopefully see Australia knock it around a bit more with a bit more adventure like they did at the last World Cup and against Argentina in the friendly and against England. Um, Do you see that being a factor? Can that help Australia actually playing against a stronger opponent in a perverse way? Yeah, as you said, it's it's rather perverse how that works out. That the the deeper you get into the tournament, the tougher the opposition, perhaps the easier it becomes for Australia to play the way that 
this team is best capable of playing. So I certainly think that will play into our hands, probably more so against South Korea. I can see Saudi Arabia under someone like Mancini, particularly going slightly more defensive, not being as aggressive perhaps as they were, say, against Argentina at the World Cup and and being slightly more defensive. And, and if we look ahead too, we've spoken about it potentially getting easier, so to speak, the deeper we get into the tournament. If we get through that that quarterfinal, Jordan now awaits in the semifinal after their upset last night. And we saw their tactics that they deployed against Iraq last night. It was very defensive. It was men behind the ball and catch Iraq on the break. So we might get through this quarterfinal by being able to play to our strengths. But then we come up against the opposition in the semifinal who's going to do exactly the same thing that's frustrated Australia up until this point of the tournament as well. So on one hand, it may get easier in in one game, but the challenge is just going to be exactly the same should we get through to the semifinal. So I don't think it's necessarily overall going forward going to be much easier for Graham Arnold's side this um, going forward. So long as they beat T- Tajikistan, Paul. <laughs> well, this is true. But whether it's Tajikistan or Jordan, I think that the uh, the template is going to be exactly the same. What a great story that is, Tajikistan beating the UAE, who knocked Australia out in the quarterfinals in 2019. It's it's huge. It's a remarkable story. Um, they've got one of what I think is probably one of the best players in Asia, and Musa Al-Tamari, a player that not many people speak of. We often bemoan the lack of players from the Arab world that go uh, over to Europe. And he's one who's doing particularly well ever in France in Ligon with Montpellier. And, and they've got pace to burn. Yazan Alaymat last night um, blitzed the Iraqi defence for the opening goal. Ali Alwan as well has been impressive. And that that front three are really difficult and really tricky to play against. And and defensively, um, you know, they, they hold up okay. Um, Big Al-Arab at the back um, is a man mountain and can get forward and score goals as well. So they're going to be a tricky opponent because we know we've come unstuck against Jordan many times in the past. The 2019 Asian Cup is the most recent example, but Simon will remember trips to Amman when we've played them in World Cup, Asian Cup qualifying, where Australia has come unstuck against Jordan many times. So um, whether it's Jordan, whether it's Tajikistan, we play in that that semi-final. Um, it's going to be a fascinating challenge. Quick tip from you, Paul. Who will Australia play in the quarter? As I said, I I honestly cannot pick it, but just purely because of the talent they've got in the side, I can see South Korea sneaking through, but I would not be surprised if it's Saudi Arabia. It's For me, it's honestly a 50-50 even split. Get off the fence. Simon, your call, please. Uh, Yeah, I'll probably be leaning towards South Korea as well. I did Saudi Arabia's game against uh, Thailand, and even though they basically threw everything but the kitchen sink against the Thais, they couldn't find a way through. In, in many ways, they've been quite similar to Australia. Uh, and by the way, Roberto Mancini's getting an awful lot of stick at, uh, at home as well. Um, so I would, I would say that South Korea carried the biggest goal threat out of the two, although Salam al is a player that, that I absolutely love to watch. I think he's superb. But the Saudis just seem to lack that little bit of a cutting edge. So I'd, I'd say South Korea. But like Paul, I wouldn't be surprised if I got it, that completely wrong. And Broski, regardless of who we play, this time next week, will we be talking about Australia in the semi-final of the Asian Cup or not? 
Look, I think so. I think um, look, with everything that's been said uh, and the quality that we know this squad has, um, look, I'm expecting a lot more. It is at that point of the competition now where, um, you know, we need to really start stepping it up. And, and you know, you spoke about uh, what Saudi Arabia did to Argentina and look how they sort of slowly progressed into the tournament. Um, obviously, we're no Argentina, but it, it's got that sort of feel, I think, to it. I think we've, we've sort of been doing enough. Um, you know, the quality now goes up in terms of opposition. I think that means our quality will go up in terms of what we'll, we'll be doing on the, on the park. I guess who Arnie plays in those sort of top, uh, you know, up top, whether it's Duke, if he's fit enough, whether it's Fornaroli again, um, out wide on the left, bringing Goodwin back in. But, but I do think the squad is good enough to, uh, to go all the way, really. I mean, um, you know, I think that the, the draw opened up nicely for us and it's, um, it is building nicely, I think. Let's just hope they galvanise and don't let the outside noise, as Matt Ryan uh, terms it, distract them too much from the task at hand. Simon Hill and Qatar, thanks so much for joining us. Paul Williams, our Asian game expert, thanks for jumping on the line as well. We can't wait for it early hours of Saturday morning. Hopefully the Socceroos are still in the Asian Cup next week.